This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. All right. So we are back. It is Friday. And as always, we do a Friday financial wrap up with my good friend, Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing great, Ty. Thank you for doing this for me every week. I seriously look forward to this. This is kind of the final video for my Friday. And I like to just go back and look at the week. So thank you for the opportunity. I love it, man. So let's get right into it. So inflation, what's going on there? Well, inflation is without question a big deal. Uh, it, this week has really been about proving that it's a big deal for the world, right? Sometimes we get very myopic in the United States and we kind of look at our world. Uh, but inflation is a, is a worldwide phenomenon right now. China just came out and talked about their producer price index at a record high, which means at the producer or wholesaler level, it's up nine and a half percent higher than expected. It's a record. And as many of you know, China makes a lot of stuff. Uh, right. So if, when I think that the first thing I think of is the dollar stores and dollar trees and Walmarts of the world, I'm like, damn, everybody's going to start spending more. Then we kind of work our way, if you will, I guess, West Europe has record inflation. Uh, the EU, uh, they're in an interesting spot. They actually started tapering. Right. On Tuesday, I talked about, hey, who's going to taper first, ECB or the Fed? And I didn't know the answer. Lo and behold, 48 hours later, the, the ECB or Europe has come out and said, we're tapering now. Now, it's not a lot, but it's a start. Uh, and, you know, the Fed's going to be the, I, I did an analogy, the Fed's going to be the last drunk at a party, right? It's New Year's. Everybody's living it up, celebrating. It's 11.30, 11.55, you know, you kiss your significant other. Lots of people leave by 12.30. More people leave by one. But there's always a few that hang out till 2.30, 3 o'clock that are hammered in the corner talking to themselves. And frankly, that's going to be the Fed. The Fed's going to be the last person at, at the dance talking to themselves, not knowing what's going on. And uh, we're going to pay the price for that, I think, a la the 70s and what happened with rising interest rates. I, I think the Fed is focused on the wrong stuff. And uh, it's, a, it's a worldwide thing. And then just this morning, PPI comes out, their wholesaler comes out for the U.S. It's at a record 8.7. Food's up 12%. Energy's up 33 I mean, I don't know what else the Fed needs to see, but they are clearly looking at the wrong stuff. Interesting. Very interesting. And just for some of the viewers, I know that we have um, a lot of new viewers coming on. Um, we have a very wide audience. Mm -hmm. Explain, just talk a little bit about the Fed and tapering and what that is. And how, what does that mean to us as a real estate investor? So what it means for real estate investors is you could think of, you know, we go into this lockdown last year, the world's coming to in. A depression is really on the horizon, right? Because again, you shut down the largest economy. And really, a lot of the world shut down, right? China shut down first, Europe next, Europe, Australia, all of that. It could have been a depression. What happened is the Fed took rates down, and then the Fed became, for a while, kind of the only buyer of debt and even started buying some stocks. And they just wanted to add lubrication to the system. So they've been buying, they, they tell us they're buying $120 billion worth of mortgage bonds and treasuries. I think it's more, but who cares? It's a lot. And they've been doing it every month. What the Fed is doing by kind of issuing and then buying everything is they're keeping rates low. One of the reasons we have rates at 3% is because the Fed is there. Uh, and if the Fed starts to taper, 
other buyers want more, right? Because the Fed doesn't have to make a profit. The Fed doesn't have to make a profit. So they can force rates. Like if they wanted, they could force rates lower. Um, but yeah, that's what's happening is the Fed stepped in. It's why we've had rates go to all-time lows. It's why housing was never more affordable than 2020, uh, just doing the math. Uh, but yeah, when the Fed tapers, they will remove some of the alcohol from the punch and rates will rise. Got it. Okay. Very good. Thank you for that. Let's move on. So talk about the beige book. I had never heard that term. What is the beige book and how does yeah. that relate to our finances? So that's something that the feds puts out. I think it's every six weeks. It might be every eight weeks, but basically it's their report on the economy, right? They have fed presidents around the country. They collaborate. They talk about their areas. It comes together in, a, in what they call the beige book. And what's interesting about it is it kind of highlights where the economy is hitting roadblocks. And somebody did a, um, a search for the word supply chain in the beige book this time. And I think it came back at like 83 times, right? There's, and that's not normal, right? Basically what people are saying is the economy has a supply chain issues, which we all, all know about, but it's rippling through costs. Costs are going up, right? Uh, if you've been watching us for a while, four or five months ago, we talked about Chipotle get raising minimum wage and then raising the cost of your burrito. Uh, that that was a, a, a trigger. And now you have lots of people having to raise prices. We have Havnanian, one of the largest home builders in the country, having something called dead days. I didn't even know what a dead day was, but apparently home builders are, are pretty good at building homes. Shocking, right? That's what they do. They could crank out a home, soup the nuts in about four months. Well, now they have these dead days or supply chain issues where they're waiting for windows or appliances or countertops or shingles. And they have um, you know, 30 to 45 days of dead days. So now what used to take four months takes almost six months. That's a problem, right? Holding costs, risks, uh, delivery times, all of these things are happening. So um, the Beige Book is basically highlighting that, you know what? The economy is kind of broken. Interesting. Very interesting. Wow. So let's move forward. Um, a lot of buzz on YouTube, social media, a lot of people talking about the eviction moratorium, foreclosure moratorium. There's going to be a tsunami. Yeah. You and I have talked about this. We've talked about this all year. Yeah. What do you see with evictions and foreclosures? Yeah. So we'll do foreclosures first, just because it's kind of easier, right? The, when, it, when it went down, right, you didn't know, right? 4.3 million people went into forbearance, Black Knight. Uh, you and I lived through the last crisis. It could have been ugly. If banks acted today like they did in 06, we would have had a tsunami of foreclosures without question. But for but banks were being kind and they were putting you in forbearance and all of these things. And I just, I just went out and collected some numbers because I don't like all these YouTube channels trying to scare people. Um, I don't have it with me, but if memory serves, 51% of people that got out of forbearance, which is 2.7 million people already, either never missed a payment or just got a silent second and they're just off with their job, right? So when you when you boil it all down, 1.7% of loans that went into forbearance were short-sailed or what's called deed in lieu, which you know is kind of like the worst case scenario. But again, if you even round that up to 2% and you look at eight, if you look at the total was 4.3, you're talking 84,000 homes. That's nothing. And the other thing what people don't realize is foreclosure is a process. Best case foreclosure takes 200 days. Starts with the filing of an NOD or notice of default. 
Nobody's in that or very few people are in that because you were in forbearance. Just because you're in forbearance doesn't mean you've started foreclosure. You've had permission to be there. So again, I did this last time. Florida, New York, Vegas are the places with the most people in forbearance. They each averaged 800 days for foreclosure. So even if there was this mountain or tsunami of foreclosures in Vegas, Miami, and New York, they wouldn't show up till 2024, right? I mean, stop talking about for people are talking like foreclosures are going to show up tomorrow. And that's just blatantly wrong. The process hasn't even started. And the inventory is going to be this much. And then the time is this much. The inventory is going to show up sporadically. And then not to mention Diana Olick today on CNBC is like 98% of homes have 10% or more equity. Where you're, right. you're, If you have 10% equity, you're not going to have a foreclosure. You just list your house and you get a check at the end. It's just, it's frustrating why people uh, are continually trying to scare people. It's just not going to happen. And then evictions, the same thing. Evictions, all these people are going to leave. Landlords are going to freak out and sell their homes. It's just not possible, right? Somebody who's talking about 3.6 million people fear being evicted. Well, a normal year, there are 3.6 million people filed for evictions, 1.5 end up in eviction. It's, we have evictions all the time. That's why there's a lease. That's why it's a contract. You don't pay, you get evicted. It's the rules, right? Yeah. We still have $40 billion left to be kicked out for the, from the government to make up for past rent. We have 10.7 million jobs available, only 8.7 million people looking. There's just lots of things to think that the eviction is not going to be a problem, but it, evictions will happen. But guess what? They happen every year. And right. um, this is not new. Yeah, spot on. Spot on. It's interesting, too, that I'm working on, um, you know, as a part of my business, I'm working on notice of defaults, mm -hmm. pre-foreclosure work. And, you know, like I'm shocked, like some people not making payments and bouncing in and out of uh, payment plan, forbearance, modifications, and things like that, just ping-ponging around. And I'm like, the, the bank clearly does not want to take this property back. Very different than 06, 07, 08. Very different. The banks, the banks don't want them. They will loan mod. They will do anything possible. If you get a job, they will work out a payment. They'll do 40 years. They'll drop the interest rate. Banks do not want the house. Yep. Interesting. Well, let's continue. So this is kind of something I wanted to do with you today and talk about, I, I, I came up with a name. I don't know if it'll stick or not, but the California crystal ball. Oh, wow. Okay. The California crystal ball. So I don't know. We'll see if it sticks, but pre-roll, you and I talked a little bit about in terms of making a prediction for you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're studying the markets, you're studying the financial news, the economy. Um, let's talk about a couple of things. So the Bay Area, maybe California, a little bit more, you know, globally, if you will, California. Yeah. You know what? So Ty, I, I've been thinking about this because I love this idea. Let's break California into two chunks. Let's say, because there's, there's really two markets. There's Let's say above, if the median price is 700K and above, we'll do that. And then we'll do below. Because when you talk Fresno and Inland Empire, it's not the same as Bay Area and San Diego, right? Spot so let's, let's have the 700K be the threshold. So we'll talk to California in two and then the nation. Love it. So let's, okay. So let's talk about inventory. What do you see happening with inventory right now for your local market? I know you're in the Central Valley mm -hmm. and Fresno. What do you see happening between now and the end of the year? Yeah. So we'll break it down into three pieces. So California, 700K and below. And just for the record, Fresno median is about, about 390 today. So definitely below the 700. I see inventory increasing. I do. I see, I see inventory increasing probably 10 to 20% between now and the end of the year. Um, I think 
I think there are going to be some landlords that had enough. I think there's been some people kind of frozen in place. Uh, so I think, I think markets in California, and again, Fresno has been a great market, right? Up huge percentage, a lot of transactions. I think, I think inventory rises another 10 to 20% uh, in the Central Valley. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. So let's also look at when you see, like, as an example, the Bay Area, like 700 plus the stuff that. Yeah, the, the big boys. Right. I right. don't I, I I think the again, I think we've had the case shape recovery. I've talked about it the last 18 months. Uh, I don't think the Bay Area, San Diego, they I, I, I don't see extra stuff. Right. It's, it's at such a price point. People were working from home. They weren't really impacted. In fact, they saved some money because they weren't going out and they weren't doing this. They weren't doing that. So um, I think the Bay, I think the Bay Area, for example, I think it stays hot. I don't see a surge of inventory, right? If inventory moves at all, it'll be five, seven percent, and that's more. Of, that's actually not really more inventory. It's actually less buyers. Right, because what happens in expensive markets like this as we get into the school years, we get into the winter, some buyers retreat, uh, and and if that happens, the inventory stays longer. So I think you will see inventory rise, but it's more about buyers stepping back than than sellers jumping in. If that makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Let's talk about interest rates. So what do you see rates between now and the end of the year? And I think we've talked about this a lot, but yeah. I just want to go back to it. Yeah, so I think interest rates for the United States 30-year owner rock best credit doesn't move much, right? I think the last time I saw it this week, it was 3.03. I think it might be three and a quarter by the end of the year, right? Kind of worst case. Again, the end of the year is not that far away, right? So I don't see big movement. Um, I've really been playing with the following idea, right? Because I get asked... I, I, I Full disclosure, I could not imagine 30-year rates at 3% two years ago. It was not even in my radar. I was like, yeah. four and a half was like the lowest I thought they could go, right? I just never thought this would happen. And clearly I was wrong, right? Um, there's been talk about interest rates going to 1.99. I can't fathom it. I don't know how banks make profit there, but, but maybe. I actually see rates. I see rates, again, if I look at 2021, and again, my crystal ball is as broken as anybody else's. I actually see rates going from three to 4%, us entering a nasty recession and then coming back to 199. So I think we both hit, I think we hit 4% before we hit sub two, but I could see us going sub two if that recession is bad. Interesting, interesting. So you think, when do you see this recession? Just, I mean, again, yeah. Ball, we're just playing, we're talking. Yeah, we're just spitballing, right? I, well, again, I believe the business cycle is real. I believe recessions are part of the business cycle. I believe we were teed up for a recession kind of in late 19 and this, this thing happened, which kind of threw everything together. Uh, I could see a recession in late 22, early 23. Interesting. Interesting. Well, there you have it. I love it. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Michael? No, I would just say if we talk about the nation, kind of the same things. I think, I think the national housing prices was 369. I tend to think we front loaded a lot of the appreciation. I could see it going to 400, but not much more. We've just appreciated so far so fast. I just don't think there's a lot left, uh, at least for next year. So that's, that's the last thing I'll say. I love it. Well, as always, Michael, thank you for all that you share. Um, I want to encourage everybody. Um, if you're not following Michael, follow him on YouTube. He does amazing daily news as well as typically, what are you doing? Four or five videos a day? Five right? videos a day. Yeah. Usually I, I talk to eight multimillionaires a week. Uh, that's the difference about my channel. It's not just me talking to the camera. 
I bring on eight other multimillionaires and we just riff on topics that people care about. I love it. So you can follow him on YouTube at One Rental at a Time. He has a great course, incredible value, right? Great. What is the course? It's like- 299. It's crazy. We're adding more and more. We have a CNBC millennial money guy adding house hacking. He he turned a half a million dollar house in Seattle into $300,000 in six years, made 25 grand a year. It's just, we're doing amazing stuff. We're adding more and more experts. It's crazy. I love it. And then also too, if you do not have the book, do yourself a favor, go pick the book up one rental at a time. You can find it on Amazon. If you have the book, if you're getting a lot of value from these videos, please go on Amazon, give Michael a five-star review. Michael, when is the new book going to be released or kind of targeted? I'm hoping this month. Yeah. Right now we just, we nailed the cover. The cover's done. We're actually now putting it in Amazon to see how many pages, right? Because I write it as eight and a half by 11. It obviously comes smaller. So we got to do a lot of formatting and stuff. We will get proofs to make sure we like it. Uh, I hope to release it by the end of the month. Yeah, new book, new book. So there you go, folks. Thank you so much, Michael, for all that you share with the channel. Thank you for everything that you do. Take care, buddy. Have a great day.